My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them, and a few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. In Greek, and I don't pretend to be an expert, but in Greek, instead of distant country, it says a big empty space. That's the translation. So here we have this father building a family and uh, with a big property, with two sons, maybe some daughters as well. It could be you, it could be any of us. Pouring out his love, dreaming about the offspring of his uh, relationship with his wife and, and, uh, and their new relationships of his children. And then with this dichotomy, this human experience of, of a son that doesn't want to be there. And then we know what happened in the parable, which is a very human experience. Our Lord, you, my Lord, you know perfectly well this experience because as a creator of the universe, as a creator of human beings, as our Savior, you have given us everything. And at the same time, and this is the lesson of this parable, you allowed us to experience temptations and even sins. Now, you know what happened in the parable, how the son fell into insatisfaction, emptiness interiorly, externally. He was lost. And I want to pay attention to the way that he came back. Or better to say, what helped him to come back? He said, I will get up and go to my father. And that's the inner kind of a compass that he had. I will go back to my father. So there was a relationship there that for a while was buried or hidden or blurred or broken. But because of the love of the father, because of the love of the family, the mother as well, he had an identity. And even if he was falling deep into the pit and was in darkness, he had this inner map. His identity was clear to him, even in the worst case scenario, which is sin, right? And that's what moved him to come back. So maybe that's the lesson of this parable that I want to learn and to maybe to pray about it today. We're in this series of uh, Amoris Laetitia, this is an encyclical by Pope Francis, The Joy of Love. And today I want to meditate, to talk to you, my Lord, about the family as a school of love. And in any relationship of love, there is a risk, because there is freedom. And um, that's good. Freedom is what makes us human. And is open to mistakes or even to sin. 
in the sense that the use of freedom could be misunderstood to seek some false idea of happiness and to experience it and to fall. And I want to maybe meditate on how to use my freedom better, but also how to help people to use their freedom. San Jose Maria, the founder of Opus Dei, was a big defender of freedom. In one of his meditations in, in the book Christ is Passing By, he explains a little bit how he sees the relationship between parents and, and, and children in a family and how to help them, from the parents' point of view, to grow, to grow up with confidence, with trust. And he says, and I'm quoting, what a son or daughter looks for in a father or mother is not only a certain amount of knowledge, like rules, or some more or less effective advice as to be you know, efficacious or effective, no. But what they seek is primarily something more important, and this is what they are looking for, a proof of the value and meaning of life. A son, a daughter, we experience it as sons and daughters. When we looked up to our parents or to mentors or friends, we want a proof of the value and meaning of life. And that's not written categorically or is not just a theory, a bunch of rules. It's a proof. One of the people that I work with was for years working at Hurley Davidson with the bikes. And uh, he had a lot of experiences with the brand, and uh, he learned a lot. One of the things that uh, he told me is that the, the franchise is big into conveying not only the bike, but the whole way of living. So when you buy, a, if you do, buy a Harley-Davidson, you're not buying just a means of transportation. You're buying, <laughs> jokingly, I'm going to say this, but you're buying... The, the coat, the leather jacket, the boots, even the tattoos or whatever, you know, you're buying a whole style. And then you have the bike, of course, but surround or, or make sense because you're embracing a project. And it makes sense for a brand to do that. I mean, fine. Maybe this is something that I, I want to think about, about my family. And when I am trying to transmit faith, following Jesus Christ is not just going to Mass on Sundays. It's more than that. It's a proof of the value and meaning of life. And that's way more beautiful and more appealing. That was what, that was what the son saw. When he went back, he understood better that he belonged to that dream of his father, not only to a house. So let's make sure that in our families, there is trust, and there is freedom, and there is understanding, and there, there are risks sometimes. Obviously, we will pray that uh, nobody falls into a grave sin or, or damages himself or herself. But we need to be around explaining why more than trying to build fences, protecting people in an artificial world. We need to be sowing in their souls a big picture of what's the dream that God has for them. And uh, that's the beauty of our vocation. We are guiding people to discover beauty, to discover the vocation 
to truth. Pope Francis in Amoris Laetitia, knowing and uh, trying to get into the family life of each one of us and helping us out with the grace of the Holy Spirit to build solid families, solid relationships, says that um, every mistake or, or lapse on the part of the spouse can harm the bond of love and the stability of the family. But something is wrong when we see every problem as equally serious. Something is wrong when we are obsessed with correcting or we are obsessed with not making mistakes. Something is wrong when every problem is equally serious. There are problems that are just a, a little slip in our family lives, in our relationships, and we should not take them as a big issue. We, we, we need to learn to be simple, to forgive in small matters, to move forward, to give people the chance to rectify, to be forgiven. Those are very important matters because this, this is what the son in the prodigal son saw. What am I doing here? I'm not happy. So he didn't say, oh, my dad is a disappointment. Or, you know, I have all the pleasures in the world, but I got to follow these rules because my father is obsessed with this. And then, okay, even if I'm happy with these pleasures, I need to follow his rules. No. What he saw was my dad was right. This is not making me happy. And that tells a lot about the father. It shows you years and years of relationships, explaining things, giving, as St. Josemaria says, proof of the value and meaning of life, the value and meaning of sexuality, the value and meaning of friendship, the value of meaning and meaning of money or weekends or love. I remember I was in a wedding once and the priest was saying, today we are not celebrating that you love each other, but that you will love each other. From now on, more. And this is what a son sees in his dad and mom, a daughter in his mom, in her mom, sorry. Like they love more each other every day. How beautiful it is that the kids see parents going for a date, on a date, a random night, once a month, every other week. And they come back home and they're joking and they're relaxed. And the kids perceive that there's unity here there's a fountain that is still alive and is permeating every aspect of my family not only the sunday mass there's a friendship and relationship that is deep and is getting deeper between mom and dad and they have also memories together in their families there's this website the art of manliness I think it is run by some Mormon people, and but there's really good, a lot of insightful articles. One of them that I really like and I recommend you to read it is about creating family traditions. And the author says that um, every family should, as a part of being a family, is to create traditions in their families. And they don't need to be very difficult to live or expensive. It could be something around the weekends, something around birthdays, of course, Christmas. Thanksgiving, and it could be something as simple as watching a movie on Friday night, or it could be singing songs or, or reading together. It doesn't need to be difficult, again. And uh, the author says that, that when you do that, later on in life, 
there is like a history of the family, like in the countries, right? In countries, there are cultural things that put people together, dances, folkloric things, art. And in a family, the same. There are traditions that put people together, and those traditions give a sense of identity. I belong to a family with a history. And there are memories, and we listen to them, and they are part of my life. So let's build that up, Jesus, my Lord. When, when I look at this father and the prodigal son that represents your father, I can see how he's taking care of things from afar. Sometimes it doesn't look like very impulsive or a very helicopter, as we would say it nowadays. But doesn't mean that he is not aware or he is indifferent. Sometimes with the pretext of uh, respecting our children's freedom, we can fall into indifference. And that's not good either. Uh, the dad is suffering when he sees his son going away. He respects that. He's always open. He's always seeking him out every day or every night. He goes out of the property in the parable. He walks around just waiting for the son to come back. So he's open, obviously, and the, and the son knows it. What a beautiful lesson. Am I open? Do I keep my relationship when, I dis when, I, when, I, when I'm in disagreement with someone in my family? Am I able to distinguish between not being on the same page on something and respecting the whole person? Very important. Even sometimes with uh, with situations that are situations that are very very painful, I was thinking when a son a daughter, you know, uh, falls into some style or a way of living that is completely opposed to the gospel, and we explain the things well, as the Pope says in Amoris Laetitia, we try to guide them, but there is a limit at the end. You get respect. They are adults, so you respect, you express, hey, I think you'll be happier if you do this other way. But then there is a, a moment of just surrender and, and, and allow that person to live their lives, those people to live their lives. But, uh, but then there is this openness to dialogue. And there's a history also that uh, if we have memories together, the kids will realize sooner or later that the beauty is, 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 is more appealing or the truth than a pseudo-truth or a pseudo-beauty or pleasurable thing. So how can we build that up? Maybe spend, spending more time together, but not only together. I was thinking that sometimes you are together with people, for, example, for instance, on a plane, you're together for hours, but you are not united. So maybe we need to be more united in my family. I want to be, my Lord, looking at the same things, at the same dreams. I want to be part of my family's dreams. And it takes time. It takes time for a mom to go shopping with her daughter and then grabbing some coffee and knowing what's going on in her life, her loves, her anxieties. Creating room for for her to, to explain things, to ask questions. Same with the dad and, and son. I think those relationships 
from the very beginning. It could be with sports or with movies. The other day, a dad was telling me that he was watching a TV show, Cobra Kai, <laughs> with his son. And it helped him a lot to know what is his son watching and then pointing out some interesting things about the, the show and also asking questions about other things that are a little more problematic and then seeing the son growing in confidence and asking questions help them both to grow in a, in a better relationship. So again, it's not just on Sunday Mass that we meet our families. It's what San Jose Maria says. Um, we show through the life of a specific person, of me, that uh, every situation and circumstance in every period of time can be an opportunity to build a bridge, to, to go through that together. Not just... Uh, from afar or as an spectator, but together. There's this movie from the 90s. Um, the cast is really good, but the movie didn't go that well according to the ratings. But anyway, I think it's an interesting movie, at least has some some room for, for debate. There's some questions that are pointing to real problems. The name of the movie is North, and it's about a boy that gets really upset with his family, and is a kind of a comedy, drama comedy, he decides to go as a free agent. He hires a lawyer, and then he says, hey, find me a family. I don't like mine. I want to change family, put me in the market. And then it's kind of funny because they start advertising him to the market, so to speak, of other families, as, as family were a team. And then they, they have some feedback. There's a guy from Texas, I think, in the movie that says, hey, I have a big property, come to me. I mean, family is huge, and uh, you will have... A, you know, horses and cows and good weather in Texas. There's another guy, I think, from California that has a lot of money. And he says, hey, come to my family. Whatever you need, I will pay for that. Just feel free to come. I have a ton of money. All, 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 anything, anything you will ever desire will be immediately satisfied. And then the kid is, you know, exploring different families. And there's another family from the East Coast. And they're just normal. And they said, hey, listen, uh, we don't have anything special, but we... We will welcome you. If you need a family, we will be happy to. And then this is actually the one that he's more inclined to to join. In the movie, when he's about to make that decision, his own family appears on TV and says, hey, please come back home. We are your family. We can do it. Let's do. Let's try again. And uh, we, we want you to be back, right? And the guy is in this kind of dilemma. I don't want to spoil the whole movie for you, but it's an interesting movie. And, uh, and one of the points in the, that makes you think, I guess, is that uh, we don't love our families because they are perfect. We love our families precisely because they are imperfect families, as we are imperfect people. And in that experience of imperfection, we support each other. And that's what a family is for. It's a place where you are welcome no matter what. And this is something that we need to convey to the world, Jesus, to my world, to the world where I live. I don't want to create tension. Or I don't want to love people because of what they are able to do or they have. I want to love them because of the sake of their children of God, the sons and daughters of God, your, your sons and your daughters, 
of your father, God. And that's the foundation of my love for them. And that's also the foundation of their love for me. It's good to think about it. I'm not an expert in building a house of cards, but I, I think it's a lesson there that you can learn, which is that a card in itself cannot stand, cannot be independent if, if, if the card would think, I want to stand up, it cannot. But two cards together, they form a triangle, and with another two cards together, another triangle, they can put another foundation on top of them, and from there, another card or two, another two cards, and so on. And in their weakness, in their nothingness, in their very precise foundation of their weakness, they find the reason to coexist, but not just together under the same roof in a family, but supporting each other. In chapter 4 of Amoris Laetitia, of this encyclical by the Pope, he quotes St. Paul, the famous letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 13, when St. Paul was looking at the Christian families. He had a dream, and it was in contrast with the Roman Empire, with the mentality of that time. It was in, in clear contrast but this is what changed the Roman Empire. And he said, and imagine St. Paul writing this letter to you right now, because it's a letter, so it could be applied to our present moment. And, and apply also to your family right now in this situation that you are living today. Love, Christian love, is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. <laughs> Very demanding. Eh? Love does not insist on its own way. That's so interesting for families to know, for, for me to know. I, I don't want to insist in my own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, like a revenge, like, oh, I told you, I saw it coming. It doesn't rejoice in that. But rejoice in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things. I believe in you. If, if, you, if, you, if you love, if you deeply love your family, your husband, your wife, your kids, you, you believe all things, you believe in their vocation, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is a, is a powerful word. And uh, this is our legacy as Catholics, this is what we bring to the world, actually. This is what makes a difference between us and the rest. Is a treasure that we have received from Jesus Christ. Love is ultimately what brings people back to the truth. And we have experienced that. In my life in Jesus, many times I have committed sins. And uh, my conversion, my coming back, was not out of fear. My conversion deep down inside me was knowing that I was called to love better. Knowing that someone with a face, with a big smile, you, were waiting for me in confession, in, in prayer, in the Eucharist. 
that was my my experience of conversion. Is there are there there is someone that loves me and he's waiting for me. He wants me better, but not in the sense that more perfect, artificially, or following some rules, but happier. And the same. I mean, you're the first one that, uh, or the the one that loves me the most. But the same happens at the human level. I don't know your own experience because I don't know you. I'm just preaching, you know, <laughs> online this thing. But I'm sure that you, every single human being, has experienced the real beauty of a friendship. And with your friends, you you have a past with moments of forgiveness, with good friends, with the best friends that you have. They have seen you in bad moments, and their friendships never stopped because of them, of those bad moments. And the same, you, you can say, tell the same about them, that uh, you're loving the whole person. And you actually, in a way, years later, you make fun of those bad moments, or you just look at them saying, oh, how stupid I was. Or, but the fact that they know and they still welcome you is a huge relief is a treasure, as the, as the Book of Wisdom says. The person that has a friend has discovered a treasure, a real, real treasure. And that friendship should be present in our families. That experience of welcoming, of warmth, should be part of our families. Of course, we are not giving up the truth. We are not saying uh, that everything is okay. What we are saying is, I will love you no matter what. And I think that you will be happier following Jesus Christ, not me. And that's it. That's it. That's what people need to listen, I think. Okay. I'm talking about following someone that loves you. You, know, you, know, know, you don't know how much. I'm talking about that person, Jesus Christ. And, and I think if you follow him, you will be happy. But... Whether you want it or not, to follow him. Meanwhile, in your ups and downs, in your moments of darkness, just so you know, I will love you all the way. Till we have paradise together forever in heaven, I will be at your side. You can say that to your daughter, to your son, to your husband, to your friend. I will be at your side. I, will, I want to be part of your destiny. And I'll be united to you no matter what, just so you know. And that creates a context, a framework of um, understanding and also uh, like a, a, an invitation to come back. But again, not because of tensions or rules, but because of the beauty of the encounter with Jesus Christ. This is what San Jose Maria and the Pope say in Amores Leticia, the Pope, and San Jose Maria in all his writings is about the person of Jesus Christ. Let's bring him to the center of our homes, to the center of our lives. And from there, Jesus will reign. From there, Jesus will be a magnet of joy, a fountain of happiness that will permeate all the aspects of our lives, our moments of rest, our vacations, our family times together, our funny moments, our painful moments in a hospital. And Jesus Christ will be present at our side. In every circumstance of our family life, Jesus will be there, giving us peace, joy, and his company. Let's go to the Blessed Virgin Mary at the end of this meditation, asking her help. My mother, I need your help. 
to, to create a school of love in my family. I want you to be also at the center with St. Joseph, both of you, as husband and wife, helping us out in, in my family life to build a home as united as the home of, of Nazareth. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. <laughs>